0: So glad that you're here. Welcome to the Me and My Moods podcast hosted by me. Hi, I'm Tia and wow, it is so very nice to meet you. I created this podcast to explore the reactions, opinions, perspectives. You see the moods I experience on a new topic every week so that hopefully and ultimately I can understand the me holistically. Come help me navigate my psyche and maybe you too will learn something more about yourself along the way. Growing up, I've always heard the term destined for greatness, and sometimes this was something that was said about me. It seems like a saying so filled with hope, but what exactly does it mean? Recently, I don't know exactly how that saying applies to me. As a child, I often heard this phrase from family, teachers, mentors. It filled me with hope and optimism, but I also kind of dismissed it as something just nice other people were saying about me. Growing up, I also sort of thought it was just something people said to motivate you, that there was something so inspiring and motivating about hearing positive things that that's what I began to think it meant in my teenage years. Just a phrase people shared or spoke about to inspire others. There's also the idea that being young and new and fresh is in itself something that is an achievement almost. Like how this is supposed to be the best time of your life. Your teenage, young adulthood years, especially people into their own adulthood at least, would project this idea that, oh, now is a time when you have it best. This is your time to shine or, oh, it's all downhill after you turn whatever age. Make the most of what you have going on now and of your youth, which I think is partially true. Yes, I have my physical health now and I'm not really locked into a specific life path, but it was a phrase or saying that didn't make me feel excited about my youth, but more cautious or wary about aging. And all my life, I've heard these suggestions that I had this immense potential to achieve something extraordinary. But as I grew older, I started questioning the true meaning and applicability of this phrase in my life. Because I was sort of moving out of that youth period, the fresh 18 peak of life that was not only described as such to me by people around me, but also an idea that was in TV. This isn't to say that the TV was making some kind of negative impression on me in an obvious kind of way, but in the shows I was watching, it was more so that... All the fun things were happening to the my age kids, like they were getting superpowers or fighting off the bad guys. And of course, I was interested in these shows because of those elements. But I think that sort of narrative made me feel like I should be having these amazing experiences to live up to the idea that I am destined for greatness. And I think it impacted me more because it wasn't like this was something that was said to everyone around me. It was only me. And now as an adult, I don't know if it was said to me because I really gave off that vibe of brilliance or maybe if it was the complete opposite. Like I didn't have the strongest persona, so it was said as something a little more inspirational to motivate me to grow out of whatever I was going through and had going on. Because as you may know, if you've been listening to my podcast, I'm sort of at a crossroads, not even a crossroads, just an open field where... I don't know what my personality is and it's not like I can ask someone to describe it for me because my personality is different around everyone I meet. I create a self that I know the other person will appreciate and like so this podcast is more so for me to figure out who I really am. When I think about the term destined for greatness, I feel like there's a lot to break down. There's the destined part which pulls in all these ideas of a predetermined existence and that it's something that will happen in my life no matter what. Or if it's even larger, like the universe knows all of the decisions I will make and based on that, look into the future of what my life will be and the choices I've made and therefore knows I am destined for the greatness I will achieve as a result of me just living my life. And there's also the greatness part. What is greatness? It is an objective measure or is it a subjective type of thing like society views greatness as what super rich super famous super cool and super nice which i mean sounds good right but in terms of what what does the life associated with those titles look like i think i think that's the subjective part you know like super successful business person athlete artist but also i think it's crazy that our job also is a defining factor for success and greatness. If we really lived in a world where everyone was paid the same and had the same quality of life no matter what, where we're still provided for exactly how we want to be provided for, would we be doing the same things with our time? What would they be? What would I be doing with my time? Right now, if I had to imagine my perfect life It would be me in an impeccably designed country home with a significant acreage or so and this like home with a huge yard that's filled with wildflowers and soft grass. And I would just frolic about, make jam, drink tea, maybe I make perfumes and soaps and lip balm. I love lip balm my home would almost be my personality like oh where's tia oh that girl she's probably picking lemons from her lemon tree and making lemonade and scones like that is my goal right now right now in this moment and i think that's a goal that will always be there but i don't know what else would also be there for me in that picture Some people dream of travel or maybe being an artist with stadiums booked out or building a very traditional family. It's just so individual and subjective what that perfection looks like for everyone. So when someone says, oh, you're destined for greatness, do they mean the greatness they think of in their own mind or does it reflect what our own true ambitions are or even just something completely different? This actually reminds me of the story that Jennifer Lawrence said about her time on set with Meryl Streep in the movie Don't Look Up. I don't know if this is real or just a funny anecdote someone has chosen to put forth for the sake of an interview, but the story itself is still pretty entertaining. It was about how the cast in that movie would call Meryl Streep the GOAT, like G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. And one time, Jennifer Lawrence said this in front of Meryl Streep, like, Oh, goat, here's your mark, or go stand over there, or something like that. And Meryl Streep said, Oh, yes, haha, you know me, an old goat. And there was that moment, it dawned on the whole cast, that Meryl Streep didn't know what goat stood for. And honestly, fair enough, even I didn't learn about it until recently. But she just went along thinking everyone was calling her a goat, like the animal instead of revering her for her acting status and just amazing talent. And I think I randomly just remember that because I'm talking about greatness. And even here, GOAT, the acronym, greatest of all time, is also a measure that works in comparison to other people. And so the idea of great, I think, is pretty interesting. Calling someone GOAT or the great is usually is always in comparison to another party a while ago defining greatness became a deeply personal journey for me i realized that it couldn't be measured solely by external achievements or societal standards because that in itself has no limit in a way you can always make more money or get a better grade, rank first in the world and be the best in your field. It seems too tiring to always want to achieve that external type of perfect. So for me, instead, it has to be about fulfillment, purpose and leaving a positive impact on the world. And when I say positive impact on the world, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be on a gigantic scale like ending world hunger. But I mean, of course, congratulations to whoever achieves anything like that but it's more so in my eyes, the smaller things like, like if you live in this country cottage house and take care of the land around you by planting trees and flowers sometimes and don't litter and recycle all of your plastic and you'd give lost travelers directions or help some stranger load a heavy item into their car. That in itself makes the world a more beautiful place. And that's that's what I want for me. That's what's great to me. Because it's not just great, it's good. And good is better than great. I think so, at least. If someone at work or just in my general life gave me the compliment of, wow, that's so great. I would think, yeah, sure, they're commending me and I appreciate your feedback. But if someone says, wow, yeah, that's that's good. It seems like an even bigger compliment. I don't know if that's just me, though. Good is like the purest form of a positive word. So the closer a compliment is to that, the more true it seems and the more weighty it becomes. But also, in school, I never really tried to achieve a certain letter grade. I aimed for a ranking instead. That was the goal I set for myself based on external expectations, especially because the Australian school system is so ranking based. If you had the highest rank group in your grade, the whole exam would be scaled so that your mark would equal 100% to be in the top 5%. I thought that it was achievable and also really easy. But in retrospect, I realized that it meant I didn't push myself in any way. And I honestly didn't, but because I received awards for my ranking or placing, I didn't feel the motivation to do better and try harder. And although the goal of being great is to be better than anyone else or better in a certain respect than another group of people in that same industry, it's also sort of limiting. Your best might actually be better than just being first, but the competition is what drives us to continue to strive for greatness. But I think the pure good is what you can achieve after you've come first in a certain respect, but then... What you can achieve alone after that, with no one else to compare yourself to. That's what's good, the good that surpasses the great. Although that seems like an oversimplification of the concept of striving for greatness, I think in theory it's true. I recognise that being the best at something, being the greatest in itself, is an example of possibly the hardest that someone is working the world's richest person or fastest runner, sure, they're trying their hardest. But there's, or at least if I were in that position, I'd feel like I could always try harder. And so when I'm in competition with myself, I, for a while, never felt that satisfaction in certain regards because I always felt like I could be working harder, stronger, faster, better. I could be doing more, which is why... Initially, I switched to the ranking view when I was in high school because it was easier than being in competition with myself to achieve the pure good. Great is or was easier than the good when my frame of mind was shaped as such. The pressure was undeniable. I felt like I had to not only live up to the expectations set by others, which led to moments of self-doubt and Maybe even anxiety, but even worse, my own crazy expectations for myself. So it became crucial for me to distinguish between external expectations and my own path. I have, however, always been and will probably always be my biggest critic. Not in a necessarily negative intentions way, though, more in a little misdelusional way. Of course, when you're younger, you imagine what your life at 15, 25, 30 will look like. You make out your own Barbie dream house in life and imagine how the whole situation will sort of pan out. Those kinds of expectations. But in the weirdest way, I feel like it's also fine. Like manifesting the best. And I don't beat myself up over those goals. But I am hyper aware of them and try to align myself with those goals. Manifesting my life and being the best version of myself. Because as a child, you don't necessarily have a super strong grasp on reality. So you really do just dream of whatever you want. You don't limit your own goals. It's just fun imagination. And so as I got older, that style of thinking and goal making was brand as delusional, but then soon branded as impossible goals by other people. But I think... The overarching goal itself should be as big as possible and as unbound as possible. I think I said this last week, but you most likely will never perform better than your own goal when working to achieve something. If anything, you may fall short. So may as well fall short of the most princess pink big girl hot on your sleeve dreams that you can. And that's why I'm okay with being my biggest critic, my biggest pusher, fighting myself to be my best self. There's pros and cons to it, but I think the pros for me now at least outweigh the cons. I think that's why I'm now going through a period of self-discovery, which involves introspection, seeking guidance, and learning to listen to my inner voice. I realized that greatness for me meant being true to myself and pursuing a path aligning with my values and passions. I know my values and I know my passions. It's more so knowing what I'm going to do to live my life as an example of those values and passions that I'm still working out. I know what I want the end picture to look like. But the journey part is still a little hazy. Even if every step of the way to achieve my best, my great, the good isn't 100% fun, I think it needs to be like 80% enjoyable at the very least. The concept of paying your dues and sticking it out in an unfavorable environment because it is a part of the overall path to that end destination and that goal you've dreamt and created for yourself seems not very nice. I think it takes away from the purity of the end goal. I think this idea was shared in Gilmore Girls. But it's like this idea when you see the most horrible movie or play or have the worst experience in a certain setting. But then when you leave that environment, you look back and say, oh, it wasn't actually that bad. It's more that you're using your now position of not being in that scenario to gauge your perception of that experience. So you're happy to not be there anymore. And that's why you're saying it wasn't that bad. But that's dismissive to the you that had to endure that horrible time. It borrows from the pure joy of the after experience. I think that's the best I know how to explain that idea for now because I was recently re-watching Gilmore Girls and it was an idea that propped up which led me to think about the following. So to apply this concept to your life and your goals and the pursuit it would look like either... Option A, go through the hardest and then look back and think, wow, okay, not that bad. Or B, have minimal or no hard times and look back and be like, wow, the end is so much nicer because I'm not borrowing against the niceness of this end experience to offset the horribleness of the past experience I had to get here. Option A, borrows from your future happiness to offset the horribleness to get to that end goal while option B lets you enjoy the fruits of your labor in its purest form. I'm not saying no hard work. Hard work gives us that sense of accomplishment, and that's incredibly important. I'm just saying no horrible work that makes you reconsider everything and hate your life and basically make you want to give everything up. In the end... Destined for greatness is about realising our potential and making the most of our unique qualities and passions. It's not a one-size-fits-all concept and it should be defined on our terms. I encourage everyone to embrace their individuality, trust their journey and remember that greatness is a personal and ongoing pursuit. The only advice I can offer to everyone in the pursuit of their greatness is is to bypass or avoid the path with the mind-numbing, I hate my life kind of work. The journey to the end goal and greatness, that's equally important. And I'm still trying to figure out what that journey looks like for me, so I definitely don't have all the answers. I've been told that I have so much to offer and that people are excited to see how I will change the world. And hearing that repeatedly growing up sort of had me excited too. But I think more so than changing the world and thinking so large scale, it's important to see how to make a positive impact on my immediate world and the people around me. Defining greatness for myself was a real turning point. It shifted my focus from external achievements to internal fulfillment. Greatness, to me, is about making a meaningful impact and trying to find joy in the journey. I see it as an ongoing journey rather than a destination. It's about continuously striving to be the best version of myself and contributing positively to the world. Less focus on comparing myself to those around me, finding out what I really want and appreciate. Doing laundry and rolling around in my backyard waiting for my sheets to dry and having hair that just always looks fantastic. That's the goal that's what I want my greatness to give me and how I want my greatness to make me feel. I think that's all I have for the moment. Thank you so very much for joining me this week on the Me and My Moods podcast hosted by me. Hi, I'm Tia, and for sharing this time with me to find the me in Me and My Moods. This episode, Destined for Greatness, is the final episode for this season. Wow! I'm so grateful that I've been able to spend such quality time with you all every week as I speak into my microphone in an empty room in my home each week, but not to worry, next week I will be coming to you with a more interactive episode, maybe where we will all be having a closer look at my overall findings about myself this week, and also any questions or stories from any of you lovely listeners that you'd like to share with me here. Every week, I look to you all for advice to see if anyone has had shared or experienced something similar to me and potentially if your insight can help me with my journey in any way. My next week's installment is my chance to hopefully give back and bring light to some of your experiences and share what I would do in those same scenarios and moods. Each week, my episodes are also a little more structured. I have an episode title that I think about all week before I sit down and ramble my heart out. But next week, my mash-up, wrap-up, season one close. I'm going to fast-fire anything and everything. A little less structured. And who knows, maybe even a little more fun. I guess I can only wait till next week to see. Thank you for being with me this episode to analyze my week's mood. It was so nice having you here. If you want to send in any of your moods or just say hi, you can send me a DM on Instagram at meandmymoodspodcast. I post new episodes of the podcast every week on Sunday, so be sure to catch the next one. I'll see you next time. Bye!